This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back. A college world series title. The Bomb Stadium. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Did you put on your Easter outfit and, and look like an Easter egg? Did no. Let's see. I'm trying to remember what I wore yesterday. All about the outfit. I never even right? left the house yesterday. No, I don't think I did. No pastels yesterday. Sorry to disappoint. Did you wear any like special outfit at all? I think I had a t-shirt, some shorts, then a bathing suit on. Back to the T-shirt and short. I don't think I did anything that uh, would have would have made you proud. So well, I'm glad you got Sorry. into the Easter spirit there, yeah. Tommy, on on Easter Sunday. But uh, you know, hey, you, you got to go with the classics. You got to have the Easter outfit. You got to have the Easter ham. Which apparently did, our, did, our, did have the ham. Our guy Larry Rath did not think Easter and ham went together, well, but we thought it was pretty common. Yeah. But uh, had to go the ham with it. Had to have the Easter eggs. Had to have the can. I mean, you had to have the whole bit, yeah. whole bit. And that happened. So and over the weekend with the weather being as nice as it was. Which yesterday was about as nice a weather day as you'll ever get. Oh, I mean, gorgeous. I mean, you can't get anything better than that. So Saturday was pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with. It. I mean, the weather was just awesome this weekend, which actually made up for a great baseball series weather-wise. Mm-hmm. That is for Arkansas and Mississippi State, where Arkansas gets the sweep, and not only gets the sweep, but gets the sweep in convincing fashion. Yeah, I mean, surprising they got a sweep. Not surprised. You know, at home at Ballmarker Stadium, you get a series win. I, I got to be honest; I'm I am surprised that Arkansas was able to sweep such a quality team. And it's just in the SEC that, that that's no knock on Arkansas. That's how good Mississippi State is. That is surprising. You get a a a sweep, but the real surprising part is particularly games two and three on Friday and Saturday how dominant it was. I mean, Arkansas won five to three on Thursday night, and then just. I mean, the walks that were handed out by Mississippi State, trying to make sure to give them a date right on Friday night in game two, was unreal. And Arkansas took full advantage. And then the, the finale on Saturday, um, you know, Arkansas just continued to pound it at the plate and was, was really good on the mound with Connor Nolan. I know we're going to get into that. But uh, this was Arkansas's best three days of baseball put together that they've had all year. I don't think there's any question. I mean, they're moved on to 30 and 10 overall, 12 and 6 in SEC play, and they're also atop of the SEC West standings. Yeah. And, and as I, I liked what Dave had to say in the post game press conference. You can see those videos at hitthatline.com. He said, Hey, don't get you know, too ahead of yourself here, more or less what he said. When you think you've got it all figured out after a weekend like this, you, you'll figure out real quick you don't, because Mississippi State came in here thinking they had it all figured out. Number two in the country atop the division, and the weekend didn't go well for them. Listen, Arkansas's got, what, that that was weekend number five of SEC play, so six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. They got five more of these. There's going to be some rough rough patches still left in the second half of SEC play. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, they actually so, have, they got four SEC series left. Four? Yeah, they have Tennessee, okay. Kentucky, LSU, and a right. but yes. They're, so they're right. basically in the in the mid part. They're, they, yeah, that, uh, that completed week. Is that week five or six? Yes, it's, it's six. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, it, six. All right, I, I I may have lost count. Right. It's it's it gets tough. Nonetheless, three game series. Right. <laughs> nonetheless, tough. it's not going to be smooth sailing. No. In in all likelihood, the rest of the way. I just know there's ten SEC weeks. Right. So I, <laughs> I don't know which one we're on. I just, just know, there's, know there's ten. I just know there's ten of them, and it amounts to thirty games. What's the record? Ten and what in SEC play or uh, twelve and six? Twelve and six. Yeah. So they played eighteen. Yeah. They, so there's four. Your division. There you yeah. go. There you go. Divided by three. There you go. So, uh, bottom line is, this league is so rough. There are so many good teams that, you know, it's not going to be like this. And that's what we do as fans. We think, oh, well, you sweep number two, Mississippi State, you're just going to whoop everybody the rest of the way. No, 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 no. That's what Mississippi State thought. They came in here and they ran into a buzzsaw called the Razorbacks. I mean, that's what what really happened is that you have so, well, you have these. The se- Razorbacks going. I'm not saying they're going to go get swept somewhere necessarily, but there's going to be some buzz saws hanging out out there. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that with our way Arkansas baseball plays, and just knowing how Dave Van Horn teams are, you're hoping that this is the type of series that kind of catapults them into the rest of SEC well, play and the rest of the regular season at least. A real confidence builder, particularly. Yeah. For Wicklander and Connor Nolan, I know we'll probably talk more about Connor Nolan. He seems to get a lot of attention, and deservedly so. But to have the kind of bounce back, seems like we've come in here the last two Mondays and talked about comeback performances. One with Tiger Woods and now with Connor Nolan. I don't know if it's really a comeback performance, but he had a rough one two weekends ago. And then, you know, got, I hate to say demoted, but when you're back to starting midweek games versus weekend games, that's, that's a demotion. That is. No other way around it. And um, then to come out in game three of this series and just go seven and two-thirds, the way that I was listening to the radio broadcast, driving back and, and listening to Phil describe how Dave came out of the dugout to relieve him from the mound after seven and two-thirds was a great description. And it's not a clip we would pull, but just he said Dave almost jogging to the mound normally not 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 a pace you that but he wanted to he wanted to make sure he pulled him but because he could have let him finish the inning and just put someone else in he did not want to do that but he ran almost ran to congratulate him on his performance but wanted to make sure he pulled him in that kind of situation so that he got the applause he got the yeah. adoration from the fans because he certainly deserved it yeah without a doubt and and in fact the way that he has struggled at times this year mm-hmm. And going into a game two, or I guess into a Saturday series game where there's not really much pressure on you. And I'm not saying he doesn't have pressure, but you already got the series victory. You know, it's not like just falling on your hands to where, no, you got to win this game to get us the series. You know, it, there's I think that there's a little less pressure on Connor Nolan. And also the way that he performed against UAPB earlier in the week. I think all those things mixing together, and this just goes into the psyche of these, of these players, and, I'm, and this is also what Dave Van Horn does a great job with, is just putting them in a position to where, okay, you have some confidence from you got a little bit of it back, what you did against UAPB. You're going to having a game right now where the pressure's not on for you to go out there and win it for us because it's it we're in dire straits to make sure we get this series victory because we already won it. So just go out there and play baseball. Go out there and pitch mm-hmm. and just and just some, have some fun doing it. And I'm sure that that was also a very helpful situation for Connor Nolan too. It's just not having those extra pressures that came along with it. So it was a great performance all around. One. How about the crowds, too? That's what I'm saying. I, it, I mean, wow. Beautiful weekend, beautiful games, <laughs> top 10 game Thursday, type things. Thursday yeah. night was a little light. It's Thursday night. It's Thursday night. and But Friday and Saturday were incredible crowds. So congratulations to all the fans on making 
Baumwalker Stadium once again an imposing presence. Yeah. Even the Mississippi State coaches mentioned about how just great the crowd was. I mean, everybody was talking about the crowds. And that's one thing you can always count on with Bomb Stadium and this Razorback baseball team. If it's beautiful weather outside and it's a good game, they're going to be there and they're yeah. going to be there in force. So, uh, yeah, another great thing. Well, I also want to get into later in the show, too, of uh, old Heston Kerstad getting ejected. Yeah, I saw that. Because, you know, Tommy is our uh, official aficionado. Well, when I made a comment like, just yeah, talking about why, why what happened. Def- why are you defending the refs, Tommy? Well, this is where I just go nuts. Always. You say anything <laughs> about... Now, all I did was make a comment on Twitter about what actually happened. Open your damn eyes out there. See, I'm already getting... I may have to go home. <laughs> just after the first segment, just go home from it. <laughs> I mean, was it a bad call? Sure, it was off the plate. Wasn't It wasn't in line with the normal pitches. Heston Kerstad barks at the umpire. I don't know what he said. People were like, you can't F-bomb him. I don't know what he I don't know if he F-bombed the guy or not. Couldn't tell. I just know whatever he said when he turned around the second time, got him tossed. And that's all I said. Well, you're defending the guy. I ain't defending nobody. I'm just telling you what happened. And usually it's the second time if you go and back and that, bark in an official, you get I just ejected. know that when a 19, 20-year-old kid turns around and says something to a 40, 50-year-old man, it doesn't end well for the kid. Just just generally doesn't in that kind of environment. Just go into the dugout. Well, he missed the call. He's got to take it. That's not how life works. So you get pulled over for speeding, you're just going to start cussing the cop because you know you weren't speeding? That's not how you're going to do it. I mean, there's just certain situations in life people are going to make a mistake. Did he miss the pitch? I think he missed the pitch. But the, all I was trying to say was the second time he turned around and got him tossed. Whatever he said wasn't the right thing. Yeah. That's and, of, and it cost him because, you know, in the SEC, is this all of baseball or just this league? I'm not sure what the, the rule is, but he had to sit, he had to suspended for one more game. Yeah. And listen, I'm I'm somebody who's pretty harsh on the officials, but I understood why they ejected him. It was an I, easy I, it, ejection. I'd say it was a terrible I, call know, by the umpire. Said, but you it's just a, can't do that. You can't you can't bark at the official and then turn around when he's you're moving on and then he go gave back him a chance him. to yeah. leave. You, go, he, you went back at him. It's yeah. not like as soon as he complained about the call, he got tossed. I mean, he, he went back after yeah. it. So you just you know you got to know when to quit. You got to know when yeah. to stop. So I didn't agree with the call by the umpire, but you, if you're ejected, you know that, that's. That, to me, is Warren's ejection. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. A light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hog! Go to the phone lines. Danny and Russville's been patiently holding. What's going on, Danny? Good morning, gentlemen. Um... Since Mike Anderson has gotten this job at St. John's, does that mean we no longer have to pay his buyout? Uh, see, I, I would, I, I, be, I believe that to be correct. I would not want so to say that we, is. A, I, I, I would not want to state a thousand percent, but I believe his contract would be offset, assuming he's going to make more than a million dollars a year, because his buyout was one million dollars a year for the rest of his contract, which was three remaining years. So, University of Arkansas would owe him a million a year, and I'm. I think I'm safe in assuming his new deal with St. John's will be in excess of a million a year, and I believe the Razorback Foundation will no longer be obligated to meet that that one million dollars a year. Well, the one thing's for sure: whatever he's making at St. John's, they're going to take about fifty-five or sixty percent of it in New York, so it's not going to be as much <laughs> as he thinks it is. Um, 
But are, are you uh, saying the taxes are high up there? Is that what you're saying? Oh man, people are leaving in droves. Yeah. <laughs> They're jumping ship. What about uh, Bielema? Are we still stuck on him? We're still paying him. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's working for the Patriots, right? My understanding is he the the first hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year he makes is exempt from his buyout agreement. So he can oh, make a hundred and forty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars somewhere and and still collect the check. Well, like, and I still collect I read all of somewhere them. where the Patriots really don't tell how much they pay their coaches. Well, he's under his obligation with the Razorback Foundation. He has to reveal that to them. He has to reveal that. Okay, right. right. I mean, it, well, I'd, I'd like for him to get a job so we quit paying him. Well, I mean, even know? if he, he's not going to get one that would offset, he'd have to make several million a year. I, and I, I, knowing how much is left versus the years, I mean that that's how it works. You know. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, he's guaranteed John? to make so much per year. John, what's your buyer? <laughs> Well, um, oh. it's fun. It's a funny thing that you brought up that, but I believe it's just a bag of Doritos is my bio. Yeah, so. yeah. Most people don't have bio. And it's the plain uh, ones. It's well, it's the old. Pl- it it's not even nacho cheese or the, or the or the really good taco flavored. It's just the off brand. It's the off brand. It's the, off-brand. It's the Santita's two dollar bag. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> How uh, do you say that name? <laughs> coming into this weekend, I thought well, if we could take two out of three from the number two team in the country. The, mm-hmm. One of the best hitting teams. I would have been ecstatic. Oh yeah. But we took, we swept, and that was just great. Uh, two of the games, we didn't walk anybody. That's fantastic. I believe that's just about as good as we can pitch. I would like to think we could do better, but I, you know, you can't ask for better than that. And that was just great. And uh, Tennessee coming in here this weekend, we need to take another two out of three at least. If we want a national seed, we can't. Stub our toe. Now, uh, question I have for get off here, guys. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, they got games, midweek games, mm-hmm. and it's looking like rain. How do the how does the uh, how do they handle that? Because I got tickets for Wednesday. <laughs> it's looking like rain. You know, I was just wondering how that works. Well, I mean, it just kind of depends on how much rain and on what the coaches and teams want to do. I know that uh, there have been times where they've shortened the games and only did seven innings. There's been times where they just canceled the game all in itself. It just kind of depends on how and bad it, it is. And then if it, you know, I don't, is it look good for Tuesday and not Wednesday? Is that what the forecast is right now? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's better chance Wednesday than Tuesday. Okay. You know, if they have to play a doubleheader, whatever ticket, they don't, they don't honor the tickets for both days. So if they end up saying, well, it's going to rain, definitely going to rain Wednesday. Let's play two on Tuesday and cancel Wednesday. Your Wednesday tickets are no longer uh, valid. You can exchange them. You can do some. You know, the ticket office will work with you unless you're a season t- unless they're season tickets. If you bought individual oh, I, tickets. I didn't know if they just like gave your money back or like, well, you, the, you know, the, game or it depends on how your tickets were purchased and if they're part of your season ticket package or. But but well, they no, don't, I don't have a season ticket. Right. So if you have Wednesday tickets and they don't end up playing Wednesday, I mean the Wednesday tickets wouldn't be good on Tuesday. Is what I'm saying. I got you. Even though that it won't be full. Uh, well, anyway, I'm going to get off here, guys, and I'm going to bench press some bacon and eggs. There and, you go. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate the phone calls. That'll be ham day. and eggs. Everybody have leftover ham right now. I think you're hammed out though, don't you? I mean, oh, not yet. I'm kind of hammed out. I've been on this low-carb thing. I would give anything right now to, just for a big old okay, so, when, so when you say you're on a low-carb thing, what, mm-hmm. is, what does that mean? You're just like no watching bread. breads and yeah, no, no sugars? No bread, no sugar. Okay. 
But you have some carbs because you know you have to have like some carbs, right? Mm, very. I mean, whatever carbs I'm getting healthy through, carbs. through vegetables. I'm basically eating meat and vegetables and I'm drinking water. Did you adhere to that over the weekend? Yes. Wow. Okay. There was my, my wife made my favorite cake. Which is what? That butter cake that she brought in that oh, you yeah. saw the top half of the roof off on. She yeah. didn't make the roof part. She made it in the butt can, but same cake. Made that. Had stayed out of it. Man, I'm proud of you, Tommy. No fruit. No, uh, just just vegetables. No she, beer. I, I've 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 wavered a little bit there. Had a few Michelob low carb beers. Yes. When I've been in situations where it was socially required, I had none this weekend. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy because even, yeah, if, you're, even if you're dieting and watching, right. you, you don't want to be the guy that you show up with all your buddies and you're sitting there. Oh, can I have a water, please? There was a big thing of mashed potatoes. Didn't stayed away from those. Man, had this. had squash spaghetti or something. She made butternut squash spaghetti or same. It's pretty good. Man, this is big time, Tommy. I'm, I'm proud of you. As, oh. as Ty over here giggles at you but <laughs> profusely. But. Green beans. Uh, it's, it's, I'm getting bored. But. Yeah. It's okay, though. It's okay. All right. it, it's all Ten about Ten more pounds. <laughs> You'll get there, Tommy. And you know what, then? What? Ten more pounds. <laughs> so just keep going. There's always ten more pounds. There's always ten more pounds always that you can lose. Uh, you'll get there, Tommy. We have faith in you here on the Morning uh, Rush. There's no way that you'll go wrong against it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no way that it'll go. <laughs> trust me. It'll go awry for oh, you. Oh, trust me. Yeah. but uh, Trust me. Uh, no, get- I have a track record. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be the year, though. This is the year that I'm it all I'm down 20 right now. And so there you go. Just, just, just 20 more. Yeah, 20 more. <laughs> Like I said, you'll get there. You just keep going. And by the way, the call from Danny in Russellville, and he's asking about Mike Anderson's buyout. Uh, I just looked it up that by taking this job, he will likely, is how it's put, right. but likely forfeit the million dollars right. a year buyout. I, I was 95% certain, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to say absolutely until we looked that up. So, But that's generally how these things work. You're guaranteed to make, he was guaranteed to make at least a million dollars a year by the Razorback Foundation. Now, if another job gave him the opportunity to make more than a million a year that offset that buyout gone so just like jeff long's deal he was guaranteed to make his salary until kansas came along and matched or or topped it they did arkansas's off the hook bielema just hadn't got off the hook yet no and and here's the thing though and if you're brett bielema why why would you i mean if you're if you're him i mean you need to at some point when you sit on the beach long enough when you're on the shelf even though he's working a little bit of the patriots he's not Technically, what would be considered coaching by most people start to wonder, well, why not? You know, a one year's off is, you know, taking a season away or the timing working where you leave and the jobs aren't available is one thing, and you, you're out one year. You go two years, three years, and at some point that buyout runs itself out. Um, you know, then you actually have to get right. a real job that pays you real money but here's the deal Bielema's deal i forget how much it is per year but it's, it's about 4.2 something like that so he goes and gets 11, a job yeah 12 million total. here's the deal he he goes and gets a job let's just say it's 3.5 million all right let's just say he gets a job with the patriots belichick's gotta have him as the defensive coordinator now not just on staff and it pays a million and a half a year arkansas still owes him two million a year that's how it works he's guaranteed to make the three and a half who it's signed not, this contract <laughs> well i mean that that's the standard that's the standard arrangement in all of these generally i know and but what the problem is is that from the just the common fans that aren't involved with contract making like it is this it just seems so wrong it just seems so stupid like when you see that it's like oh you're terrible we fired you we're still going to pay you a lot of money and even when you get another job we're still going to pay out 
the, the money in some form or fashion. Well, like, it just seems wrong. I'm not saying it, it's the market. I mean, I, we, I we all wish we worked in an environment where that. Yeah. Where, and I don't know any other profession where it is that way other than coaching. And really at the college level, because I don't believe it's that way. NBA, NFL, I mean, they fire you, you're gone. That's pretty much, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. With the way that the market is, it's not like you can just refuse. No, coach, we just want you to come in and win, and that will dictate how much you get a buyout or if you get like you have to be able to keep up with the market. And so it's not like some, right. some our, school will just say, No, we don't want to have a buyout and the coach is gonna be like, Oh, okay, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Or Arkansas can't be that. in the business of not doing buyouts or you'll never hire a coach. No that you want. Yeah. Because you'll always be in, in trouble in that regard. So but yeah, it just it's just the Someone way Someone that- started this way back when and it's <laughs> I, you know, some agent probably came up with it, or probably Texas. Let's let's just blame Texas. Let's just irresponsibly, blindly blame Texas for getting this started. I don't know where it got going, but somewhere these buyouts started years ago, and it's just changed the way it's all done. I just want to go ahead and assume it's Jimmy Sexton. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like the type that would probably think of that in some type of buyout. But, like, again, the, the, not, the good news is about with the Mike Anderson deal going into St. John's, Arkansas is not going to owe him the money. He's going to forfeit over the buy out there, so that's saving them about $3 million. So that's really beneficial to them as well. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, the new beer of the summer with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays, fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Wanted to get into this since we're having the athletic director at the University of Arkansas Hunter Year check on with us around 8.35 this morning. Really looking forward to that interview with him. One of the things that, of course, he's had to go through was the coaching search for Eric Musselman and making the hire. It seems like most people are excited about it, and I know he's excited about it. But he's just been on the job for about a year and a half now, and you have a, a new football coach, relatively new football coach. I know he's gone through a season, but still relatively new. You have a new basketball coach. Uh, you have a baseball program that's in, in just in its peak and its pinnacle of its uh, competitiveness. You got a women's basketball program that's on the rise, and people are confident in Mike Neighbors. I mean, you just have a lot of good things going on with the athletic program. And so, one of the things I, I'm going to be curious to ask Hunter Yurichik about is just what's the what's the next big step for this athletic department? Mm-hmm. Because we know that the basketball and football program need work, but these coaches that are in place right now. They're still trying to prove themselves and build it back up to get it to that point. So it's not like, you know, it's got to be a win or die this year, at least in the format of, you know, you, you cut ties and then you work on it. So it's what, what's going to be the next big step? What's the next right. goal for this program? Because yeah, you look at coaches, you're, pr- you're pretty solid. You're heading into year two with Chad Morris. Obviously, you just hired a new basketball coach with Musselman and Dave Van Horn's the gold standard. So, I mean, the three major sports, you're set with coaches. You look at facilities. You just put a North Edition onto your football stadium that's been open for a season. Uh, you, you seem set, and I know there's a constant arms race with facilities. Oh, yeah. They just upgraded the locker room. There's always going to be things that you're constantly remodeling and improving, but there doesn't – there's, you know, paying off the debt from the north end zone expansion probably is the next big step. Basketball, you just built a practice facility a few years ago. I know it's not brand spanking new, but it's – It's pretty brand spanking new. It's pretty new. <laughs> Um, there's probably some renovations and some things that you can continue to improve inside Bud Walton Arena, but for that building being 25 years old, it almost looks five years old. I mean, they have the university through different administrations has done a great job of of keeping 
that facility looking just top-notch. And then you look at Bomb Walker. They just continue. It seems like every year he gets better, and now they're getting ready to build a whole new per- performance center or however it's going to be titled out along right field and and down the first baseline. So there's more facility and investment already announced and underway there that's uh, that's coming next is the big construction project. So that's a good question. What next? Because when you think what's next, coaching you're set. Yeah. Facilities you're kind of set. So, I, you know, I don't know as far as the big three sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is kind of the next thing? Because I'm sure there are some things when it comes to, the, uh, besides <laughs> the big three sports right. that, th- that he's probably got right. in his mind. But you feel like as an athletic director and at least this is how your mind should be working is that you're always looking all right so well, what's our next what's our next thing what's our next goal here winning exactly winning i mean you made the investments you've invested in your coaches and your facilities as we just went through for the last minute finding ways and doing everything you can to support behind the scenes and in out in front of the scenes you know where it's winning that that's what's next that that that's the only thing these programs are missing particularly with the big 2 I mean, obviously, baseball has won and wins and continues to consistently win at a high level. Football and basketball got to win. And the only thing left for baseball to win is the national championship. That's, yeah. that's the only thing left. Um, you know, football just needs to consistently get back to... And, and when I say winning, I'm not talking that you got to win the division or you've got to win the SEC title. I mean, those would be wonderful, but just realistically... Finding a way. I think the big thing, the big job at hand for Hunter Juracek right now, how do you get your football program? Because that's the cash cow. That's the money maker. How do you get Chad Morris's program back to eight-plus wins consistently? Knowing there's tougher schedules coming. This is kind of the last year, if you will, of kind of an easy non-conference schedule to, to navigate through. You better be particularly buckled up for the – for the 2020, 2021, 22. That, that stretch beyond is not going to be as easy to win seven, eight, nine games. No one's sitting around a microphone or a, at a keyboard or anywhere else demanding 10-plus wins year in, year out. Just can you get can you get somewhere around an eight-win average, nine-win average? And that's not settling for mediocrity. That's accepting the reality of the difficulty of the current state of the SEC West and where your program's currently at. Get to that eight-win level, sustain that, and then let's see how you get from eight to ten. But the big job right now, to me, is how do you get the football program back to winning so that you can get back to having 65, 70, 70 70-plus thousand crowds in your stadium on a consistent basis? Because that's why people aren't coming. And you got to get people, you got to get butts back in seats. And the only way to get butts back in seats is winning ball games. Yeah, because in fact, we're, I'm already setting it up to where this season you you may have just depending on how the year goes, maybe the Auburn game, maybe the Mississippi State game. Those would be the only two that actually would get close to getting to that number. And it has nothing to do with oh, it and just, that's going to depend how much have you won or lost before those uh, games. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I'm saying is that it's just going to depend on how the season goes and how people are feeling about it. And 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 that's the thing is like at the University of Arkansas, when especially when it comes to the big sports and even some of the more minor sports, is that you have a situation where the the university supports it financially. There, I don't think there's a single program that you can look at on campus that says, you know what, it, they just they just don't get the support, they don't get the money, they don't get the attention that it deserves. Mm-hmm. There's not a program that you can say that about at the university, which I think is it's also not what you can say. They're not trying to win in that sport, right? Right, exactly. I don't care if it's gymnastics or women's tennis or whatever. They're, you know, 
they have the they have a, a pretty good facility, pretty good coach in most cases, and uh, you know, second to none. You know, as far as facilities in most cases. So, yeah. and, and that's what sets it up, and that's what makes the job that Hunter Yurchek has, and what he's taken over from Jeff Long, and before that, even Frank Broyles, is that you know you have a program that pays attention to success and tries to put all of its athletic programs into success because even big time programs when we always joked about the the like florida for instance and that they they were football football driven well when their basketball program was really at the top when it had billy donovan and they were competing for championships it it was pretty renowned that this program was not given the support that you would think of a big time program when it's quite the opposite at a place like arkansas that if you start winning and, and if you start having that success You'll have whatever facility you want. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get whatever assistant coach you need. You, you'll get everything that you need yeah. to be successful. And as an athletic director and Hunter Yerichek, you got to be able, you got to feel confident in having that sort of ability at the school that you're at, where you're not, it's not going to like he's going to go to the board or the administration and say, hey guys, you know, this program's really taken off. I mean, we're competing for a national championship, but they need a new facility. What do you guys think? Oh, no, nope, can't do it. It's because we don't care about that sport. I mean, it's just never had that feel at the university. And when it, when you brought up this point about football, and, and it's exactly right, is it's just a matter of, okay, you got to win. And I think, just given from what we know, that Hunter Yurchek and the University of Arkansas has given Chad Morris and this football right. program everything they need to be successful. It's up to them to make it happen. Right, and we were going through schedule and looking at some of the games. I'm telling you, if you could find a way – to beat Ole Miss early in the year next year, that's that's a huge, huge ask. But I'm telling you, you get off and you get to you got three of your first four non-conference games. And that's why that Ole Miss game is so key. You're going to put a lot more butts in the stands for that third and fourth non-conference or that third and fourth game, which are non-conference games, even though they're non non-conference game with a win over Ole Miss. It's just a huge game for a lot of reasons. Not not just because it's SEC, not just because it would be Chad Morris's first SEC win, not just because it would give you a shot, a real legitimate shot to go bowling, not give you a real chance to get off to a four zero start as a program and still have one more non conference game on down in the schedule. Um, it's a huge game for Arkansas early in the year. I mean, that to me is like the you know outside of baseball the next big thing coming. Can you beat Ole Miss game two? Because if you can do that, it sets the tone for a lot of other things, and it really sets you up have a great shot to go to a bowl game this year. Which, to me, if you can get to six wins, it's been a pretty successful advancement of where you were a year mm-hmm. ago from two. Without a doubt. I mean, it puts you right in the position that you're hoping to take that next step, where it's not going from two wins to ten wins, but right. taking that next step forward. That's what right. people are hoping for this football season. And we've established here that you got to win at least five, because yes. that's... If you don't win those non-conference games, jeez. <laughs> I mean, everything's bad if that happens. You got to win those. I mean, the four. Look, at, I mean, at home against this, there is no road trip to Colorado State. They're no, they're here in Fayetteville. You know, Portland State. I mean, you just, you just look through the non-conference games. Those are four very winnable games in your stadium in Fayetteville, and then. We're saying five is like the, the, the floor, the minimum, because you can't go through another year without an SEC win. That's why I'm saying you get that old Miss game to me is just so huge. You could get a lot of pressure off and really set a tone and really give your program a chance for a 4 0 start. So I don't know. That, that, 
that to me is just kind of where things are at. What's the big next step for Hunter mm-hmm. Urochek? What's the priority? Figuring out how to do anything and everything you can to make Chad Morris successful. Make him a winning football coach. That, because that's what's going to put people back in the stands. That's what's going to put Razorback football back in a... Uh, right now, it's just... I think the priority, some of the importance of it has has been lost with certain fans. I hear more and more people giving up season tickets. More and more people saying, I'm not going back. I'm not paying. I'll buy tickets on the street. There's plenty available. And you know what? The right. The demand. we got to get demand back up for this football program. And the only way to do it is to win. And that's his job as the AD is to make sure that happens. Yeah. Because right now, what we look like and what it looks like for us is that they are trying to do whatever it takes to win. It's just a matter of getting that done. And if they start 4-0, that'll be great. Man, if you had it in a way that you could be, finally beat Texas A&M after that, I don't know if this state could handle that right now. <laughs> Going 5-0 with that success. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. The new beer of the summer. Best in the worst of the weekend here in this segment. So without further ado, let's get right into it. <laughs> It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. We the best. This is the worst. It's time for the best and worst of the weekend. All right, I'll go ahead and kick us off as far as the best of the weekend. It's hard to argue that Arkansas sweeping Mississippi State in the convincing way that they did was not the best of the weekend. But I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to get a little more specific of it. The best thing that I saw over the weekend was the performance by Connor Nolan. Connor Nolan, we know, has, uh, I mean... Trying to trying to think of maybe a comparison of just the ex. I'm saying there's an expectation, but he's definitely just a he's a household name for a lot of different reasons before he even arrived on campus because of him coming from Greenwood, the success that he had not only in football but in baseball, playing both sports. Started a game for Razorback football was one of the two games that they won this year. People were excited about his ability, and then when it was announced that Connor Nolan was going to be a starter in the weekend rotation to start the season, expectations came along with it as well. So. He's always just been a fascinating and intriguing character in his freshman year at Arkansas, but there's no doubt that as a pitcher, there came some struggles. The, the game against Vanderbilt that he had on that Saturday was just about a worse, of, about as bad of a start as you could have. And it was about getting his confidence back. He takes care of business against UAPB when he comes into the midweek series as getting a quote-unquote demotion. He comes in, performs well there. And then on a Saturday game in a Game 3 series against the number two team in the country, he comes in and just pitches about as well as you could ask anybody to do where he goes seven and a two-thirds inning, has no run scored on him, gets five strikeouts. I mean, that's, that's about as big as it can get, and his performance over the weekend was great as well. So you're hoping that this will be able to just build on top of his confidence, that he'll be able to be a lot more consistent of a pitcher. But there's no doubt that as far as all the performances over the weekend and of all the great things that we saw, seeing Connor Nolan perform that way, well, in that situation, as about as good as you get. Yeah. So that was definitely my best of the weekend. Yeah, it's hard not to go with something Razorback baseball based based on the dominance of their performance. Isaiah Campbell once again, you know, just just beautiful on on Thursday night, and you know, part of the weekend. I'm going to go with the crowds and and you, the fans out there. The way you showed up for game two and three was just awesome. And once again, you know, the pictures. The video when you watched it, uh, you know, on the SEC Network Plus, it just showed once again why Baumwalker Stadium is the best in the country. I, I know they've built something new there in Starkville. I know other 
other places are trying to essentially copy what what we have here in Fayetteville. You just can't copy what Arkansas's fans bring, though. What the hog pen adds. Just the spirit. And it, and it even comes through the TV, through the radio. I was listening to most of the third game on the radio with Phil, and you could you could hear the crowd through the radio and having their effect on the game. I, I thought that was one of the best parts of the weekend is how impressive it is when you watch those games the way the crowd even even when it got to the point on Friday night where it was a it was a decided ball game. It's what, twelve to two down late yeah. in the game. There was still a good amount of fans in the stand. Some had left, but still a good amount of fans. I mean, hats off to you the fans once again. Best part of the weekend was the way you showed out and showed up for Arkansas baseball. Yep, sure it'll be the same way again this weekend against Tennessee. And if they can continue to build, just wait till those regionals and super regionals. This is always the most fun time in Bomb Stadium if they're able to host. But yeah, the fans definitely deserve a lot of kudos for that. My worst of the weekend is I'm not even going to name names because I'm not going to dignify the people that have been saying these things. But when Mike Anderson got the job at St. John's, most Razorback fans, most reasonable, logical fans said, that's awesome. Thank- Congratulations, Mike. We'll be rooting for you down here. Hopefully you succeed. You know, can't wait to see what you can do. There, it was a very positive thing. It was a very good feeling that Razorback fans had towards Mike Anderson and what he's going to be doing at St. John's. The problem I had is seeing people because again, I'm not talking about just little you know egg Twitter people who you know don't have two followers. What I'm talking about people who are actually in in a, in a media platform coming out and saying that Mike Anderson won out. Mike Anderson upgraded jobs. In what world could you say that Mike Anderson upgraded jobs? Other than just to say that to get a rise out of Razorback fans. I mean, the only thing that you could possibly, possibly make the argument for is that if he's a guy that enjoys being in New York City, that's probably a lot better than being in Fayetteville. But besides that. But if you're not used to that, I don't know that. I don't know. Right. To each their own. I, I don't know that I would. I enjoy visiting New York City. Like to go there again. I don't know that I would enjoy living in New York City. No. Cost of living's high. You know, obviously most populated metropolitan area in our country. It's cold. Times of the year it can be very cold. I mean, it's just... I, I, it would be a very... It would be a shocking change of lifestyle. And I'm sure for, for Mike and his family, it's going to be a shocking change of lifestyle. Bayville, Arkansas, and New York City. It's, I don't know. Two, you, different, <laughs> two different things. I don't know if you can get more opposite than that, but the amount of people that were just saying that, oh, you know, Mike Anderson upgraded jobs. You know, he's the one that really won out in this. And it's just funny that all these Razorback well, fans wanted to get rid of him, and he's the one that ends up winning out in it. It's like, listen, I understand that Mike Anderson got a good job. It's not like St. John's is just this awful, terrible job, and, you know, he's going to have to just beg for scraps to be able to be successful there. But to, to make the argument that Arkansas was stupid for firing Mike Anderson and that Mike Anderson actually was the one that got the upgrade because St. John's is a better situation and a better job than what Arkansas is. Those are just people that are trying to get rise out of Razorback fans. And I can't understand it. Why? Like, why Why are there people out there? You could say this about anything. Why are there people out there that just like to make people mad? And what, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm different. But I like it when people like me. Or at least I attempt well. to have people like me. I'm not saying everyone does, but I try to strive for that. <laughs> where it's just a likability. That's one of your fact. weaknesses. That's my weakness. Maybe that's why. That's maybe that's what's holding me back. Is I'm just I just want people to like me too much. But there are some people out there that just love it. They are you relish Stuart Smalley? Maybe maybe so. But they just relish in the fact that people don't like them. It's like what kind of life is that to live? One to admire. 
I guess so. Well, we know where Tommy's heart is at. Tommy enjoys uh, getting people heated at him, which I'm sure I'm going to know what your worst of the weekend well, is, given how you acted in the listen, opening segment. We're going to talk about that later. Okay, that would so be an easy one. No. I'm going to give a personal, even though that kind of got personal Saturday night on Twitter with... All I did was give a quick and simple observation about Heston Kerstad's ejection from the game on Friday night, that it was the second thing he said when he turned around for the second helping of whatever the exchange was between him and the home plate umpire is what got him ejected. And that was just a pretty simpleton observation. Oh, and you, 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 would, you would defend the guy. It's not a defense. It was a bad pitch. It was a blankety-blank call. I don't disagree with you. Anyway, let me say that I want to give you what I really thought was the worst thing that happened to me over the weekend, a personal story. So, as you know, I, and I shared this earlier, I, I went fishing this weekend, and I was doing some, some, it was a great weekend for trout fishing on the Norfolk, and we had done really well, hadn't caught a lot of big fish, but it caught a lot of really good fish over the weekend, and just just having fun catching and putting them back. I mean, just, a, yeah. just one after another, bang, bang. But we hadn't caught any of those 24, 25, 26, 7-inch fish that, I mean, that's, that you really go, I mean, those are the, the one or two fish you remember for the weekend. But we'd caught a lot of good fish, and uh, just, just having a ball out there. Finally, bang. One of them hits, and you know, all right, this 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 fish a little different. This fish goes anyone that that's an angler. And I know that's not necessarily your your favorite. Pastor, not my wheelhouse, but you can see the line going straight up the river, and I'm just reeling down on it. Hadn't got the line tight yet. Stupid fish bites the line off, and I can tell. And I see him as he comes by the front of the boat. This was going to be the best fish of the weekend. Maybe a what we would call a wall hanger type fish. This was going to definitely be what John Neighbors would call a picture fish. We're definitely taking a picture this is of Instagram me worthy. with that fish. And before I can even get reeled down tight on this fish, there's no setting the hook yet. There's no, This stupid fish just bites the line in two. Just, the only time that's ever... just That was the worst part of it. It was just... So you're si- sickening. So you're si- sickening. So you said you hadn't tightened it yet, but then when he bit it, you just well, I mean, just the fish was went. swimming so fast back upstream at it. Yeah, I mean, you're you're casting downstream, and before you can reel down and tighten, tighten up, he bit the line, took off. Never had that happen. I like know that. Well, like that, when you could see, and as he passed by, he just kind of smiled and said, <laughs> "So how? As far as that, that may just, 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 there may have been a few profanities unleashed <laughs> that moment. No, not from you. Uh, but no, just because I, I, I honestly don't know. Like as far as where you've caught fish or how big a fish you've caught before, where would this one have ranked? Like how how big? Do you I feel don't like know. It was in been? the water, but it would have been a good. This was a. This was a pretty good one. It was a worthy one. It was one that you'd brag about. Well, we'd have taken a picture and put it back, but, you know, it was going to be, it was just going to be a fun, hopefully five or ten minute tussle, and I got cheated out of that. That, was, that, that, that made me the sickest this weekend. If I just go fishing with dynamite, Tommy, just, <laughs> just do that. Game and fish frowns upon those kind of activities. <laughs> oh, really? Is that, is that? Well, when you get caught, they no. kind of, they, te- they tend to. 
They do a little more than finger pointing at yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Well, I can understand. Maybe maybe that's not the right way to go. But anyway, anyway hey, you'll get that it next time. That was the worst time. part of my weekend. <laughs> you'll get it next time, Tommy. You'll get it I next time. It. All right, well, there's the best of the worst of the weekend. Oh, by the way, real quick, Porter comes in on Twitter says, the best thing he saw, of course, was Connor Nolan. The worst of the thing of the weekend, seeing my picture of me in my field. Did you see my picture of I me in my field? I saw you. I wasn't sure if you were doing the number two or what you were doing there, but yeah. That's for you to decide, Tommy. You were in you, you were in the pose that led you to figure <laughs> out what is he doing? A whole new Squatting meaning down in those <laughs> whole new meaning to outdoor farming. Yeah, it was, it was my field there. So yeah, I can understand that was the worst of the weekend. All right, so there's the well, best. You need to mow your grass if that's your field. Yeah, well, I know. That's I'll, just, I'll get on right on that. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the halftime pod at hitthatline.com.